Welcome to Evening Chores, a podcast presented by Adobe Owl Ranch, which is my little homestead here in Hereford, Arizona. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Please hit the subscribe button and share it out to anybody that might be interested. And let me know what you think and anything that you might feel that it would improve the episodes or topics that you think might be interesting to hear about in the future. Thank you. All right, good evening. Howdy. Welcome back to Evening Chores, podcast here presented by Adobe Owl Ranch, my homestead where you walk along and listen along as I walk along and do my evening chores. So I'm, I've, I got a jump start. I was playing with GoPro that my, my parents gave me, so I am a little ahead of where I normally am. Already fed, fed and watered the piglets. Taking a bag of feed out to everything else. So, in keeping with the, the promise on the last episode, we would continue on with the livestock breed and type characteristics that you might want, and what you're looking for, and why, and you know what what types of things may be advantageous, and what I have here, and what I've how I've come to to have those things. Some was on purpose and some was accidental. And the accidental is getting less and the on purpose is getting more, which is what I think I can do. So today I'm going to just talk about pigs. Last episode we talked about chickens. And this time I'm going to talk about pigs and it's a little bit different thing because most pigs are are for only uh, protein purposes. You know, you're you're raising a an animal for slaughter. Now I know there are show pigs and and good. There's you know, fancy breeding stock and all that, but on a homestead, that's rarely the case. You are looking for looking for meat quality pigs, and you want to have the genetics that will help with that. So what I decided when I was looking at it, I did a fair amount of research. Then I realized I couldn't just get anything, you know, because I'm not in a high high swine production area. So I had to find the kind of hogs that were available. But I knew I wanted a black pig. I didn't want to you know, and those nice little white, pink-skinned pigs, because they will get a terrible sunburn down here in very little time. And the black pigs can also get a sunburn, but they're not nearly as likely as a white pig. So, so I went searching for black pigs. At least that's what I've seen anyway. I don't know. Maybe some white pigs don't sunburn. I'm pretty white. I don't know sunburn, so probably depends on genetics. But these black pigs do pretty well. What I have here is a Duroc cross. My my breed sow is Duroc. I think kind of looks like it, and. 
possibly some Poland China, but it didn't really show, so I don't really know exactly what she is, but I'll tell you based on the looks that she has, things that I like. So she is a dark colored hog, and she's a flop-eared hog. Most hogs come in two types. There's flop ears and more stand-up ears. And I wanted a flop-eared hog if I could find them. Because sometimes they're considered to be a little bit tamer. And this is a generalization. But sometimes they are a little bit tamer because of their what that is because of their they can't see quite as far and also there is a uh oh what's going on here cat oh i see i'm sorry cat was out here i thought it had died or something crouched down in a hole. I thought maybe the pig had sat on or something. No, I disrupted the hunt. The cat was watching a rabbit. So, the cat's probably not super happy with me right now. That's okay, because there's a cat and they don't have very long memories. Anyway, so a flop-eared pig. Sometimes we'll have a gentler disposition, I guess you'd say, because they are not able to see as far as a pig that ears stand up. So they aren't likely to go charging around from what I can tell. At least in some breeds. And I know that that is a very calm pig. Which is a good thing. Because she's a 700 pound pig. And you don't want a 700 pound pig chasing you around. In fact, if that happened once, she'd end up in the freezer. Most most lickety split. Um, but so she has the kind of floppy ears, which I think may also help with heat distribution in the summer. You know, they get big veins in their ears, and those those characteristics I think could help. And. She was a very gentle pig. She was already, I got her and a, a barrow. It was her brother that came with her. And of course he, he's been in the freezer and gone since, but so there's a few things, you know, you should look up confirmation, which kinds of things you're looking for, you know, a flat back, evenly spaced legs. You want to even number of teats on both your boar and your sow. There's there's a lot of things you want. You want more more teats are bet, better than fewer. And there's a lot of things that you'd get if you had the option for everything. You know, some if they came from a bigger litter, that might be better. Because that's kind of the thing. You want to have big litters. You want to have big healthy litters. You want them to be protective, but not wild. Because actually, too calm of a sow will kill her offspring accidentally because they are not paying attention 
And when they hear one squeal, they'll just keep laying on it. So, this is about as calm as I would want one with her babies. Because she never would come after you. But as soon as she heard a squeal, she was grunting and running over to see what was going on. Which is also, uh, will also protect your litters if there's a old coyote attack, something like that. Which coyotes would be pretty dumb to get in there with these pigs, but could happen, I suppose. And good mother, you know, she fed them all, kept 11 were born, two were stillborn, all nine that she had survived, so that, that passed the, the muster for me. And I'd like a few more piglets next time around. Even a dozen would be nice, but nine's better than some. You know, some will have two or three, and that's no good. So, anyway, big pig, decent confirmation. Not amazing. Her legs are not quite as straight as I'd like, and some things like that. But overall, not bad. Very gentle, flop-eared, black. Then you come to my boar. This little boar here is an idiot. He didn't find his food last night. Um, my boar is an American guinea hog, which is not at all related to a guinea pig, but is nevertheless a funny looking creature. They're ugly, frankly, to me pushed up noses and shorter faces, really stand up kind of almost pointy ears, they're smaller on average, my boar's fully grown and is about 450 pounds, smaller boned, uh, they, they grow a little slower, now, I'm not necessarily recommending a guinea hog, I wanted to give them a try because they are kind of a heritage homestead type hog. And oh, feed bag just fell over, but we've got the chickens. What can I do? I'm not too worried about it. They'll come out in the morning and clean it up for me. Let's see. And the offspring of those two is a pretty good mix. Relatively quickly growing without being, uh, you know, so they won't, they don't drain your feed bill too bad. You know, it's a really slow growing hog mite. But also, I don't want something that here. It just immediately balloons up into a huge pig overnight. Which, not overnight, but I don't mind a little slower going pig, is what I'm saying. I'm not, at this point, I'm not doing the pork sales for profit. I'm doing it for home consumption. Now, when I get more, more hogs and possibly a few customers, then, of course, it will be a different sort of arithmetic but for now this is fine I just rinsed out that pig's 
hot water there. So, those two, well, when I got the boar, a sow came along with him, and she had two piglets, one of which died. I'm not sure what. I don't know whether it died of being laid on or if it was a stillborn. It doesn't much matter. Two's obviously no good. And she was kind of pathetic anyway, so she has since gone off to freezer camp, and her offspring was Wilbur, which is a little boar that I still got here. I can't quite decide what to do with, but I have a feeling he's going to end up as a, a roaster pig, because uh, he's kind of a, I'm not sure that his genetics are worth keeping around. And then shortly after that, my sow, this, this big one, the big girl, 700 pound, sow here. She had that litter of 11, of which I still have four gilts out here. The other ones are about 300 pounds each. Wilbur's probably 200 to 250. He's, I mean, he's not a... When I say roaster, I mean that in the, in the manner in which I think he's going to go, not, not the size. And let's see, so I keep... Oh, I thought I heard something. So I keep them around. Those, and then I've got, since then, two other little pigs, of which were actually a charity case, which I don't recommend, but they were in a place, and I just felt bad leaving them there. I went to see what they were, and if they'd have been in a better situation, I don't know that I would have brought them home, but they just, they were not in, they were in a tiny pen, you know, with not enough feed and all that, you know, kind of things you shouldn't do, so. I brought them home, and it turns out the little sow was was already bred. And she had, I think, five piglets, one of which was dead by the time I found it. Another one was, was well, two more of them ended up dying. With them. And I'm not sure what happened to one, but the other was... He was uh, malformed, so he got to go on a little faster. I, I don't like to see things suffer. So, and then she caught some sort of a, I think a respiratory disease and, and passed on. So, and I did, I tried to treat her, and I had a vet, you know, and it just, by the time we realized what was going on, it was too late, and it was just it. So, her piglets are out there. Those are the ones that I feed first every night. And they're already barrows. So they'll be little, little feeder pigs. And that leaves the little boar that came along with her, which is the last one that I feed generally every day. And I'm not sure exactly what to do with him. I, I like some things about him. He's kind of a smaller pig. And he's... He's getting friendlier. He's decently formed. He's, he's not as straight a back as I'd like, but it's not a terrible situation. So I think I may try a litter with him and one of these little gilts. If not, we'll just go AI. We'll do artificial insemination, which is a common thing. If you have pigs, look that up. Uh, if you plan on getting pigs, it's worth considering. It's not cheap. 
but I don't know that it's any more expensive than keeping a bore around, depending on what you know what you choose to go with. And as far as things I'm going to select for in the future, it's going to be bigger litters, uh, not necessarily bigger pigs, because I do butcher some here on the homestead, the farm here, Adobe All Ranch, and and I don't want to you know, necessarily go out and and commit to butchering a 250 or 300 pound hog every single time. It'd be nice if I, you know, maybe a, a few more smaller ones, so then it'd be a, a simpler deal. And I think people might be more likely to go with buying a whole or a half with a smaller hog as well. So, I'll be going for larger litters. Uh, I will be selecting you know, better mothers, and some of the same traits, you know, I, I like the, the black hogs or darker colored hog. I, I have had a couple of light colored hogs and since, so I, I will see how those turn out if they get terrible sunburns. I won't continue to do that here. And I have considered a few other heritage breeds. There's uh, red wattles and the... Let's see, mule foots and a couple others that I wouldn't mind trying. Berkshires are supposed to be really good, but I think those are... I haven't seen any down here, and I, I worry about the sunburn on those as well. And, like I said, it's, it's somewhat a, a function of what I can get. You know, I can go and, and bring in genetics from somewhere else, but if I do that, those pigs will not be proven to be in this area, which isn't necessarily required. But the pigs that I've got, I've gotten within 50 miles of my home, so I know that they come from a line of, of pigs which are at least heat-resistant enough to survive here. Because some, you know, factory hogs, they couldn't even think about living out here. They'd never make it. They'd, you know, very soft, white-type pig would, would not do well in the brush and the and the heat and the sand and all that. So, so I'm going to stick with these, you know, maybe large black types. There's actually that's a breed, large black. I thought about getting some of those in. They're a very supposed to be a very docile pig and a, a kind of a fatty pig, which is kind of the last thing that you you don't hear about that much because most pigs now are lean hogs. You don't, you know, a Duroc is a lean hog. I think a Burke is a lean hog, you know, that most of the pigs that you'll see around are a lean hog breed. And things like a large black, I think, was a fattier hog, so it was a lard hog, what they'd call it. And a guinea hog is also a lard hog. So they have a big fat cap because, you know, before the advent of modern petroleum and all that, they used a lot of, a lot of animal fats to do different things. You know, you have tallow candles, which is a rendered beef fat. That's tallow is a is to beef like lard is to a pig. So there was that. Uh, you know, that's the whaling that went on. All that was a way to find animal fats before petroleum was was commonly available. I mean, you know, petroleum has been around since at least the Egyptians, but you know they, they would find find it on top of the earth. It just wasn't as common a thing until it was grilled for. So these lard hogs were, were bred to be fat. You know, they bred 
bread to have a lot of a lot of external fat and if you're on a homestead that's something to consider whether you would like that as a as a thing for your homestead because lard is an amazing thing you know it's a it's a tasty uh, type of a fat to cook with uh, it makes the best pies you know a leaf lard in a pie crust kind of a thing well, it's just it's a really creamy you know, it's, it doesn't have any pork flavor. It's just a very creamy fat. So that's something to consider. And on a fattier pig, you'll have more lard. I don't know that you'll have more leaf lard, but in general, you will have more lard. Because leaf lard is the lard around the kidneys, which at some point I will get into the the butchering process. And we can talk that through. But for now, um, I'm not going to do that. And just suffice it to say there are lard hogs and and lean hogs and I would like something kind of in between. I don't want it to be just all lard everywhere, but I also want it to have more fat than a lot of people. because uh, we use a lot of a lot of ground pork here as well, so you want some some fat content in that. Or it actually doesn't doesn't fry up well. So let's see, I guess Things you want to consider is the the docility of the breed. You know, I said I wanted a calm, a calm kind of a pig. I was worried about sunburn, so I was looking for a darker colored hog. Not necessarily the end-all be-all, but something to consider. Um, I wanted flop-eared pigs, partially for the docility, and then partially it's, I, I like flop-eared pigs. I just think they're more pig-like. And some of the, the stand-up ears, they kind of look like a bat. Which is my complaint with these guinea hogs. They look a lot like a big old bat. So, uh, whether you want a, a lard hog or a lean hog or something in between, which there are there are breeds in between. And I'm not saying you should go out and make your own breed of hogs. That's, that's not something that's in most of our abilities. There's people that do it. The Idaho pasture pig I've heard of, and the, the what is it, the Iowa Swabian Hall, and another. I don't know what the other one is. If you go to, is it? Uh, can't think of the name. It was in southern Missouri now. I think Rustic Rooster Farms is is the guy that has the Swabian Halls. And those are supposed to be delicious pigs. Uh, pig, he has a lot of stuff to do with pigs there, so something you might consider. Or um, see, so there's lard hogs, lean hogs, stand-up ears, uh, the color of a pig, saying like belted, belted pigs. You know, they're different around the middle. There's so it'll have like a white pig with a big wide black belt or a red belt. Then there is some, you know, different leg length. Like an American guinea hog is a shorter legged pig, and a duroc that I have here is that duroc cross. She's a longer legged pig, which in some instances that could matter. You know, if you have a, a lot of underbrush that your pigs are going to be going through. I don't know, a shorter-legged pig might have a harder time. It's something you need to walk around and think. But they are kind of like a bulldozer, too, so maybe they just push it out of the way. 
it depends on how much they have to travel back and forth for water and things, I guess. And confirmation, you never want to give up on confirmation. You need to, and that's not like confirming, it's conformation. It's the, it's the physical characteristics of an animal. So you want to look up those and make sure you're getting an, an animal with at least relatively good confirmation. You're never going to probably get perfect, but you don't want to start out with something bad and then try to breed it better. You get good, good stock and breed better stock, you know, traits that you want via either the sow or the boar. Don't, don't try to fix a poorly conformed um, animal with a good disposition. You just you get to a good confirmation animal with good disposition. And... Uh, you know, it depends on your area. You know, if you're in Minnesota, I don't think you'd want to go to Florida and try to get pigs and bring them back. That's why I kept local. So that's what I was looking for. Uh, if you can get pigs from somebody who has a similar management style to what you have, you know, I wouldn't have gone and gotten a bunch of pigs from a concrete pad sort of a hog operation. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with raising pigs on concrete some of the time. Maybe. I don't. I've never done it. But if you're going to raise them in a pasture, get pa pigs that were born in a pasture and live in a pasture and go from there. Don't try to convert you know, some kind of confinement hog to a pasture hog because it's just not going to work out. I mean, maybe it will sometimes, but why take the chance? Get Get... You're feeding your feeders or breeders, whichever you're getting from somebody who's got a similar management style. And another thing is don't start by getting feeder hogs or by getting breeder hogs. You know, don't buy a sow and two sows and a boar or whatever and say, oh, I'm going to start breeding hogs right away. Get a couple of feeder hogs and see if you even like the experience. Because then if you don't, well, when they're butchered, they're over. They're done. And that's it. You know, maybe go visit a, a farm or something before you go hog wild, if you use the pun, on buying your own. And, you know, then, then you kind of have a better idea of what you're getting into. Talk to some local farmers. Even if they are more confinement type farmers, at least you'll have an idea of what you're getting into and what might be some downfalls or, you know, some common diseases, pests, parasites, whatever. And listen to my my veterinarian episode, I think it was episode two or three, and talk to a local vet, see what you might need to have around. Because different animals have different kinds of diseases, and you don't want to be caught flat-footed without an option. And... As with chickens, make sure you have your fences in order. Don't buy pigs from somewhere that has them in, in hog panels and think you're going to come home and put them in a in a electric wire area because they'll just burst through your fence. They'll break through it, go under it, over it. I mean, no, 
have a hard structure, even if they came from somewhere with electric fence, I'm going to have a hard structure when I bring them home, place for them to go. And then I'm going to retrain them to electric wire. So I know that they know that the electric wire, what it is and, and where it's at, and what it sounds like, because you don't want to be chasing your hogs all over the liability and you could lose your animals as well. You know, somebody could be injured, you could be injured, animals could be lost or injured, so don't do that. Uh, have your fences in operation, have a watering system in operation already, have feed already located at the property. Don't just come home with a piglet and think, well, I'm going to wing this thing because that won't work well. They're a time suck. They'll take a lot of your time. Building things, repairing things, I mean, I've... I've got a YouTube video on building a waterer that, that took me uh, several hours. And and then one of the pigs wouldn't drink out of it because he's too short. So I had to modify it afterwards. So you know, you gotta be around for him. You can't, you know, if you're a long haul truck driver, you hog farming is probably not your thing. Unless you get a pretty understanding family that's gonna do it for you. At which point they're the hog farmers and you're the truck driver, I think. So Keep everything in in line before you get them is, is really what it is, you know. Prior planning, it's a, it's a good thing. And if you have questions, especially if you are in the desert area, if you have questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. I have a email address, which is eveningchores, E-V-E-N-I-N-G-C-H-O-R-E-S, at gmail.com. That's just eveningchores, two words put together. Or you can go to www.adobeowlranch.com. I'm still in the process of getting that built. I'm, I'm learning how to design websites as I do this. So I thought I had it figured out with uh, the whole thing all the way through. But go there, and, and you can find some stuff there. And I know it says outdoor pigs, and it's a picture of pigs that look like they're inside, but they had access to the outdoors the whole time. So... Go there, go to facebook.com slash Ranch. Go, go like, subscribe on the, the podcast you know, platform of your choice. Of course, I use anchor.fm to record these, and it gets published directly to Spotify, which is that's good enough for Joe Rogan, so I figure it's good enough for almost anybody. But go to iTunes, give me a five-star review if you would. Please, please leave a comment, send me comments if you have anything, or if you're interested in a specific topic, I'd love to hear that as well. And again, if you are a, an expert in a field, especially if you are an expert in you know, animal sciences of some, some kind, like a veterinarian, and you'd like to come on and give your expertise, especially if you live in, a, in an arid environment, I'd love to have you on and and discuss some of the things that we should watch out for because I am by no means the final word on any of it. I'm not the, the end expert. So I'd love to talk to a, an actual veterinarian and see what see what you have that you can provide us and when we ought to be calling you and when we ought to be leaving you alone. And that's all for tonight. Good evening. Thank you for coming along as I do my chores. Have an excellent night. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.